Welcome in, Filmalytics family, to a special edition of the Filmalytics podcast, Filmalytics video, um, whatever you want to call it. We have a very special episode here. I've got all my best friends with me. I, of course, am your host, Chad Workman, joined by Matt Nine, Andrew Woodruff, Chance Hopkins, Ben Barnaby Pass, and Austin Evans. Like I said, all my best friends and the greatest fantasy football analysts of all time. We are bringing you the first ever Filmalytics mock draft. If you need to pause the episode, go ahead and do so. Head on over to Filmalytics underscore all of our social medias. Filmalytics underscore, check us out there. Um, We have our new free website, which is up, filmalytics.org. And as always, patreon.com backslash filmalytics. Subscribe for... Uh, more of this great, hard-hitting analysis that you are going to get from us this evening. So with that, we are doing a 13-round mock here. Um, six of us, the other six picks, are going to be auto-drafted, much to Austin's chagrin, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, we're going to provide you with some analysis here as we pick. We will try not to keep you all night, but this is going to be a fun one. We'll be up on YouTube, on the podcast feed, I believe. So um, check us out wherever you get your content. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to you, Matt, since you are the host here of the screen. So... This setup is going to be based off of our redraft tournament that we are hosting at Femalytics with our Discord members. If you would like to be in next year's tournament, all you got to do is join the Discord. It's completely free. Links are everywhere, especially under all of our bios across all of our social medias. So this is going to be a standard uh, 1QB setup, PPR, full PPR, no tight end premium. We're going to do 13 rounds. I don't anticipate defense and kickers being taken in these first 13 rounds, but they are available if somebody wants to. But with that being said, let's get it going. I have something before we get started. If you take a kicker or defense in these rounds, you can just see yourself out. Yeah, that's true. So first pick was Christian McCaffrey by the computer. Solid, solid selection. Love it. Matt's on the clock now. You want to talk us through what you're thinking here, Matt? You look a little frazzled. Already. Well, I've, I've actually never dealt with an auto pick, and I thought it was just going to go with best player available, and that's not what it did because I had anticipated JT going one. So to be clear, this is uh, PPR, right? Yep. Um, I did, I, did you say if it's super flex or it's not, right? It's but not. One, one quarterback. So um, And one tight end, so... I, you know, PPR, I mean, there's a, there's a definitely a debate to be made for McCaffrey, I think, but we'll, uh, we can, we don't have to go down that road right now. Well, I think I was going to go with who I thought was going to go one. I'm going to go with JT here at two. If JT had gone at one, I probably would have picked Jefferson over McCaffrey, but with JT at two, I think it's, it's the same as last year. He's going to be borderline 2,000-yard rusher, 20-plus touchdowns. We were talking about it in the Discord earlier today. There's a good chance that he probably gets more passing work because the snap share increased dramatically over the last eight games last year. He was running a ton more routes. He didn't quite see the targets 
come with those routes run, but the routes being run were there, so the targets will come. Matt Bryan is known to check it down a lot more than Carson Wentz. I think Jonathan Taylor is an easy top three player in all of fantasy this year. 51 targets last year, so yeah, could see a nice little bump uh, on top of that. Chance on the clock now. What are you thinking, Chance? Yeah, I expected the first two picks to go as they did. Uh, kind of like Matt said, I thought JT definitely would have went one overall. Um, but the first three picks for me are pretty easy. So I'm just going to go ahead and tap Austin Eckler here. You know, we talked about it being full PPR. I think in a full PPR league, running backs still are king, especially in redraft. Um, Austin Eckler's up there in age, but I don't expect that age cliff to hit, hit this year. So not something I would pick in a dynasty league, but redraft, I'm all in on Austin Eckler, especially as a top three pick. Jefferson goes off the board fourth. Uh, that brings us to Andrew with the fifth pick. Well, that was disappointing. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely who I was looking at. Uh, noticing what's left on the board, knowing that running backs are vital to a one QB system. I'm actually going to go with the young guy, Najee Harris here, which may not be the most typical move, but the reason being he did finish RB3 last year on an offense that was underperforming. We should see regression going kind of back up in offensive scoring. We know he's going to catch a ton of passes on swing routes from his quarterbacks. He's still going to get most of the volume running. It's it's a solid situation to go to and avoid some of the older guys' potential injuries popping up again. Got to keep them fresh. Yeah. Can't argue with Najee there. Can I I jump in and say something real quick that I just noticed? Uh, For all of you that are watching on YouTube and even the people in this current video room, I don't like dark mode. So there, I said it. That's why it's that's why it's white right now. But anyway, continue on, Ben. So I'm in a, a bit of a pickle. I'm in about uh, three, three people. Probably more than likely won't come back to me. So I'll, I'll go into a little bit of depth about them. I'm thinking with it being three wide receivers set, I'm thinking either Chase, uh, Diggs or Kelsey, um, but I'm thinking I might go the more safe option with Diggs because I feel like with Josh Allen being Josh Allen, he's gonna and Diggs being Diggs. I think out of the three, especially with Chase, I'm going the more stable, more like we know more about digs than we do about chase i think in the first round you want that sort of uh stability out of people that's 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 interesting chase averaged very two, bold chase averaged two more points per game last year than stefan Diggs did Oof. I th- I, I like- so what is that that's 34 points over the course of a season that's a championship right there I, like, I mean, I, I like Diggs and, you know, attached to Josh Allen, but yeah, I don't know. I probably would have gone Chase, but, but I don't hate it. I think, yeah, yeah it's now I'm coin, isn't it really? Sorry. I, I mean, I like, uh, I think they're closer than most people probably would care to admit. So I don't think it's too crazy, but um, it kind of throws a wrench into what my plan was because. <laughs> I was going to take somebody else, and now it's like Jamar Chase is there. We also had Derrick Henry go go eighth just above me. Um, man, I'm torn. I, I 
Don't know. Did you guys hear that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that, the, was that the draft telling me to go? <laughs> um, gosh, I'm thinking about it. I got over eight minutes left. I'm going to drain all of it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, my goodness, this is tough. I Yeah, I mean, I can't pass up. Jamar Chase so I'll take him and then Kelsey goes 10 that's who I was gonna take I've really gotten to liking uh taking him at the the back end of the first round or with the last few picks of the first round he's I mean Kelsey had uh 134 targets last year he's only hit 150 150 targets one time that was in 2018 with Tyreek Hill gone I mean he might get up to like 160 I think we could see I mean yeah I know there's gonna be you know, potentially more attention on him and so on. But Mahomes can make you pay if you, you know, really try to bracket Kelsey. I mean, bracketing tight ends just doesn't really happen very much. And Mahomes can make you pay. And I think we could, the end is going to happen for Kelsey eventually, but I think we could see a career year from him. But here, um, given that Jamar Chase was still on the board and, and you know, starting three wide receivers, I, I just had to go there. <clears throat> Yeah, my thing with Kelsey, I think it's it's so easy to project him for, you know, a million targets, but I think we we realistically could see a, a situation like we saw with Darren Waller last year where the defense just does everything they can to take away the number one target and and uh, you know, he can get a million targets, but if if he can't catch him cuz he's too well covered, I mean, just playing devil's advocate there for Kelsey. Um I think for my selection here, I'll take the low-hanging fruit and nab Dalvin Cook here. It's uh, it's always a good idea to grab an elite running back on an elite offense. You got Kevin O'Connell coming over from the Rams. I think the Vikings offense is going to be legit this year. Uh, he's one of the few workhorse running backs that just doesn't come off the field. He's got injury history, of course, but man, Dalvin Cook at the end of the first round is a, is a gift, I think. And I see we got Devontae Adams and Swift going at 12 there. That's unfortunate. I really wanted Swift there on the turn. Boy, this next one's tough. Oh, just to let you think about it a little bit, I I thought about Cook there too. I think he's kind of become a value. He's mm-hmm. I think he's up there. I mean, I don't hate your any of the selections, obviously, in the first round there. I probably would take him ahead of Najee, to be honest, Andrew. Um, going one five there. Obviously, you can't can't go wrong. I think Najee, the workload is going to be insane. Um, but I think yeah, I think it, it came here. down to health. But I'll say if it wasn't for the health factor, Cook would have been the easy guy to go with. But yeah, for that reason, I kind of I kind of don't want to lose my draft in the first round. So I I want somebody that's going to last the season. Yeah, I mean they do say you can't win your draft in the first round, but you can lose it there. So. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna really put that theory to the test here. I'm going to go with a little bit of a reach here and stake one. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> that That is – that's a really sick one too, though. That, that I is. That, I wanted Barkley in the second. I thought he definitely would have made it, but knowing you guys, it's yeah. obvious that he wasn't going to just because we're all pretty high on him coming into this year. Uh, so I, I really like that pick. You could have the RB team of the season or the all-injury squad of the season right off the top. Yeah, I'm willing to take that risk in this high-stakes mock here. Yeah. <laughs> it is high stakes. Don't kid yourself. 
Bragging yeah. rights, baby. But real quick on Saquon, he's an elite running back. It's been a couple years since he's been around. You know, same thing with Christian McCaffrey, and he still went as a number one pick. You know, it's the talent's still there. You got Brian Dayball coming to town to really bring some life into that offense. And just another year removed from the injury, I think that he could have a, a career year. Yep, so that brings uh, me back on the clock here at 2-4. Love the Barkley pick. I was considering him. I also wanted Joe Mixon, who went at 2-3. Mixon, not a huge pass catcher, but he he had a really good year last year. I don't think people realize how good he was, and this offense is just going to be really, really good again. And there has been some, uh, some scuttlebutt, if you will, that – uh, they may use him a bit more in the passing game. I know we've heard that before, but uh, I'm. I think in PPR, I've just got to go with Alvin Kamara. Might be a little uh, early by some people's standards, but really, I think the reason he's been floating down is just because of the uncertainty around a possible suspension. But it, it seems pretty clear that he's going to be in there. And I, I don't think, I mean, the NFL never really suspends or brings guys, you know, to justice um, mid-season for something that happened, you know, in, in the past, especially these legal situations, you know, just they take so long. So it, I don't even think that legal process will play out until, you know, next offseason probably. So Yeah, I mean, brings- his court date got pushed back until, what, the second month days. of the actual season or something like that? Yeah, 29th um, of September. Is, and yeah, that's just the hearing. That's not even the trial. Yeah, that's just the hearing. Then you have the trial. I definitely, I'm on board with you. I think it's something that if he does get suspended, it'll be held back until next year. Um, so that's why he's been floating down. I was hoping that you guys would still be kind of like, eh, all that stuff going on so he would fall to me again. But that's a good pick. Yeah, I mean, I'll take him at RB10. And I think that's that's probably about where I value him. So uh, Mark Andrews goes off the board next at two five to the computer. <clears throat> the computer, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, ben, you are on the clock at two six. Yeah, I'm not not a happy bunny right now. Uh, <laughs> I've literally like been shot in the kneecaps, one <laughs> by Kamara, one by Andrews, and uh, I'm just hobbling on the floor, thinking well, Kamara might actually shoot do? you in the kneecaps. <laughs> wow, too soon. Balls. Too soon. No weapon. Yeah, but he lives in the UK, so it's a knife, not a gun. <laughs> it's true. Stab you at the decap. Sounds like a Lions player to me. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Yeah, yeah I, I, I feel that. Kamara and Andrews is actually the two people I was considering at 208. So seeing both of those go, I'm glad to know at least one of those was never going to make it to me, regardless with you, Ben. Yeah, because for me, there's a bit of a a drop-off on tight ends after the top two. You know, a, most people put Pitts in with that group, but I think with redraft, uh, the price for Pitts, it's definitely at the higher price. But mm-hmm. getting one of those two guys, it would have been really nice to not have to think about for the rest of the draft. But... Like the same with Chad, I'm thinking PPR league, and I'm thinking uh, Aaron Jones. Because I'm thinking wide receiver room in the Packers isn't doing very well. Uh, 
and I'm pretty sure I saw a somewhat study on Twitter about the fact that vacated targets don't necessarily go to wide receivers. They're more likely to go to running backs. So I'm hoping Rodgers might throw the ball quite a bit to Aaron Jones. And even with Dylan there, I'm still thinking Jones with PPR is going to get a lot of work and a lot of uh, high ceiling weeks. Yeah, I like that. And I think I think both of those running backs are going to get utilized um, mm-hmm. both on the ground and in the passing game. So uh, Tyreek Hill goes next at 2-7. Andrew on the clock at 2-8. Uh, one last point on Jones. Like he already saw 65 targets the past three years. In, increase on that, man, that's that's a gold mine at what you just got. So I love it. Uh, gift wrapped though right here, being three receiver. I'm going to go with Dak's number one dude this year, C.D. Lamb. We see that Amari Cooper's out of the way. The offense has opened up. Lamb's going to be the guy who gets the majority of the targets. High-powered offense. Going to throw the ball a decent amount with Dak. I mean, it's, it's a good situation. And I'm not having to pay the same price as people were paying last year on what C.D. Lamb was being hyped up to. So, like, it's kind of like that post-hype. This is the year probably he's going to break out for people. Yep. I love, yeah, I love that pick. Everything you said, I, I agree with. And then Nick Chubb goes off the board at 2-9, brings us to chance at 2-10. Oh, and I hate this. I So there's no running backs here that are worth it for me. I, I don't think there's any running back I would take here, which leaves me between two wide receivers. Um, I know one of them, I know neither one of them will make it back to me, so I have to go one right here. Um, I'm a little iffy on one, so I'm, I'm probably going to, this will be viewed maybe as a little bit of a reach. I think this is going to be sniping Matt here, uh, but I'm going to go A.J. Brown. Uh, I, I like A.J. Brown in the new offense. I think we've seen a lot of strides from Jalen Hurts this uh, offseason so far, and I think we're going to continue to see those strides as a passer. Um, and he's an alpha. I mean, he is a huge alpha. But, yeah, so I, I got to go A.J. Brown here. If you're if you're listening only, there's no visuals. There's steam coming out of Matt's ears and and nose right now. Yeah. Oh, I knew a... I knew it was gonna be a snipe, but I I that knew was he would not make it back to me. I knew he wouldn't make it back to me. I'm glad I'm muted on that because I I chuckled so hard. <laughs> no, that that is definitely who I was gonna take 100 percent because you know he's gonna get 245 targets. Yeah. No, that's for uh, another player. Well, mm, yep. Okay. <laughs> so I take it you don't feel great about this pick now, Matt. You don't have somebody who you're like, okay, well, it's clearly this per- this player now. No, it. I don't see that you got players like Javante Williams. Like, I don't mind taking him here, but I just don't feel the need to because I was able to land Jonathan Taylor. Like, I feel like my running back room is set and I can get somebody later, like you take a gamble on a J.K. Dobbins, if you will, you know, three rounds from now, you know, some, somebody like that. But I don't, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go tight end here. I think I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts. And I'm not worried about it as much as, as Ben was because I know he's probably easily going to see 100 targets. He's not going to get all the coverage this year like he did last year because now Drake London is there. Mariota's been thrown to him a lot in training camp. It's I learned early on when I first started playing redraft, even though I haven't done it in a couple of years, that you just, in a PPR, find one of the top three, four tight ends and be done with it. Don't even have to look at that position again. 
Yep. I can't blame you. I think Pitts, I mean, he, he was over a thousand yards. Uh, he just didn't find the end zone a lot. He was like, I think there's only been 20 some low twenties, uh, rookie rookies to surpass 1000 receiving yards. And Kyle Pitts was one of them. Like just even in terms of wide receivers, he like was in that, you know, that class. So, uh, I think he had a, a really good rookie year, even though people maybe don't quite realize that. And then uh, Josh Allen went at 212 and Debo at 3-1. So we are back to you, Matt, at 3-2. Now, I will say that if Kyle Pitts had gone before my 211, I probably would have not taken Waller, only because I'm unsure of how that offense is going to look with the addition of Devontae Adams now and Hunter Renfro underneath. Coming from that Patriot scheme, you know, Waller's good, but it's not Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. It's Derek Carr and Darren Waller. It's a, you know, big difference in, in the caliber of player here. So took Kyle Pitts. And then now I think because I smell a reach coming. I want to. I know who you want to take. <laughs> I want to. And he's probably mm-hmm. not going to make it back, but nope. Oh, man. Put your, mouth, your mouth is, Matt. Do it. Do it. Do it. Might as well get him. He ain't making it back to you. He, he won't make it back. And I love how every one of us are on the same page that we know uh-huh. who this is. I am trying to think of the appropriate strategy here for the listeners and not me jumping all over the board and recreating a dynasty team. I mean, it's, it's, it's player 10 at that particular position. Is it 11? It's 11 in this one. Either way, that's kind of high. Yeah. It, well, well I've, a lot of people have it at 11, 12. So it's yeah. Like... Yeah, I mean, if you look at it in terms of tiers, and just so the listeners are aware, if you don't know, it's Michael Pittman. It's no secret on this show, so I'm not spoiling you know anything here. But if you think of it in tiers, really, I mean, you got Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, T. Higgins, Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman, Jalen Waddle, DJ Moore, like, they're all there. Or, you know, that's that's kind of a tier in its own, or, you know, you can make the argument. Maybe Evans is at the top end of that, but... Yeah, I'll make the argument for Matt. Yeah, for sure. That he's gotten a much better quarterback situation going on into this year. Um, and I definitely think that, you know, we've seen Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones in the past have major years, and I definitely can see that happening for Pittman. So it might be considered a reach, but I wouldn't consider it a reach. Quite honestly, um, I, I would like to pick, but. Nice. You're trying to talk Leo. him into it. I, see, I get it. Nice I, I, I'm dead He's set on who ahead. I'm going here. I'm dead set on who I'm going here, and I don't think Matt's going to take him. Uh, so he doesn't I'm, want to, though. I'm perfect. <laughs> All right, <laughs> you know what? That's it. I'm leaving. Oh, man. Okay. I think this is a pretty dead zone, really. For players, okay. I'm know, I'm gonna four. double down. I'm gonna triple down. This I was. What'd you guys say? Ten. Wide receiver, wide receiver ten off the board. It's probably a couple spots higher than I would have liked, but I mean, I think this is this is a walking 150 targets this year. So I'm gonna go with Michael Pittman. This is the problem with drafting early in these types of drafts for me because I'm in a similar situation. I'm dead set on who I'm taking. It's a reach. I don't care. I'm I'm just like Matt. I'm I'm 
planting my flag. I'm taking Jalen Waddle because he's not going to make it back to me. I think the addition of Tyreek is going to do wonders for Waddle because he already has that connection with Tua. I think the offense is going to explode. I'm all in on the offense offense, so I'm going Jalen Waddle here. Well, I can tell you I wish I was drafting after you guys. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> Team 4, after uh, you guys picked there at 3-4, got Leonard Fournette. I think that's a steal getting sure. Leonard Fournette at 3-4. I would have taken him like mid-second. So It's your fantasy MVP for the year, no? Yep. I, very that was before he showed up 375 pounds, but that's, fair. That's, hey, that's, fair just a, that's just a thick boy running the ball. Yeah, well, he's, wrong with that. he's lost fine. 150 pounds worth of water weight now, according to reports. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not worried about that. That'll be fine. I heard he's one biscuit away from being a, a tight end. <laughs> Good old Kelvin Benjamin. I don't want either of my linebackers. Oh, I don't worry about that that fast. What are you thinking, Andrew, here at at Eddie Lacey of Tampa? So, actually, this is kind of easy. Back at 208, I I clicked one dude and only one dude, put him on the queue, knowing that there there is a 90% chance because, you know, chance over there might screw it up for me. But there's a a high probability I was going to get my tight end that I want here. I've made this argument with y'all in the chat. I think I've put it out in the Discord a couple times. Mm -hmm. But Darren Waller is the guy – to go with if you are a tight end early strategist. Mike Evans was very tempting right there, but uh, the way I look at it was Darren Waller just went at tight end four, has a floor of tight end six, but has a ceiling of tight end one. And I, I get that. That might sound kind of high because we know Devontae Adams is there, but this is McDaniels who figured out how to use Rob Gronkowski with various receivers throughout the years and make him the guy. I believe last year, yeah, even last year with the tight end situation that they had and the year before that, and last year with Brady, so past three years, tight ends have been top 6% target-wise across the league. Darren Waller is a fantastic athlete, just kind of an older Gronkowski to me. It's easy. Yep, can't argue with that. I'm I'm pretty much uh, in lockstep. I feel good about his quality of targets uh mike evans goes off the board next at three six and it's back to ben at three seven yeah i'm not so set on who i'm going like i said i think at the start of the third round for me thought the third round is like this sort of dead zone where i'm not too confident in picking many people thinking that i'm gonna get the return back you know you've got like some older players like Keenan Allen, Zeke, or like James Connor, who has this injury history. But I think I might go for the team that I passed up on in the first round and go T Higgins. Because even though I can see Chase obviously taking a lot of work away, I think it's going to be a very high power offense. And that's why I went digs over Chase in the first because I feel like Higgins might give a better reward out of the third round than Chase in the first and I think with it being three wide receiver I think running backs here are quite quite weak so three wide receivers get my wide receiver two set in there and then just need one more Play, play the upside later on. Yeah, 
I was, you know, I was hoping to pair Higgins and Chase together. <laughs> Not really, but that would have been fine. Um, I was actually hoping for Javante Williams, who went uh, one pick ahead of me at 3-8. So here at 3-9, I'm not entirely sure. Um, you know, Keenan Allen is sitting here at the, the top of the board. Um, a few running backs, Zeke, James Conner, like you said, kind of, you know, we're kind of getting into the, the dead zone area for running backs. Um, maybe there's, I mean, Cam Akers, I guess, is kind of a, a hotly contested player. Maybe you, f- you factor him in there. Um, I'm going to go with a guy who m- might be a reach here based on, I don't know if this is just sleepers rankings or ADP. I think it's Okay, it is ADP. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a little bit of a reach myself, but this is one of those where I think these tiers, or if you look at it in a tier, um, this guy's right up there with with Keenan and and you know in a PPR slash. I think this player has a lot more upside and room to grow. Where Keenan's kind of um, some of his advanced metrics dipped off last year. So I'm going to go with my guy, DJ Moore. I think he's going to have a career year um, with <laughs> Baker Mayfield, who I'm not saying Baker's good, but Baker is, uh, you know, competent, I believe. And then Keenan Allen goes off the board at 310. It is to Austin at 311. Also, who was it that made that noise when I picked? <laughs> Unacceptable. I didn't hear any noise. That was sleeper. Sleeper was already sleeper as I reached. Got it. Okay. (laughs) Man, how do I mute? I gotta mute this thing. It didn't do do that to me when. Oh, I have my I have my stuff muted. Yeah, I was gonna say I was like, it didn't do that to me when I reached. Officially muted. All right. Well, Chad, you didn't uh, snipe me there, but the the bot sure did. I really loved getting Keenan Allen there. Um, Wide receiver one on an elite offense with an elite quarterback. That would have been great to uh, start off my wide receiver room with. And now I'm left with, boy, not great options. You know, I I really don't need another running back here. I can kind of ignore that position at this point. I think I will round out this kind of top tier of tight ends here and grab me some George Kittle. Uh, And I'll keep the, um, you know, the theme of the all-injury team here. These guys are all elite talents, you know, and but when they stay on the field, they are some of the best to do it. Kittle might not have a shot to be tight end one, not with Lance at quarterback, but I would still prefer to have him over kind of that next tier of guys and, you know, Goddard, Schultz, Knox, that tier there. I think Kittle gives you a, a nice anchor point at tight end. Um, yeah, I just to say I – um I've definitely, I used to be a late round tight end guy. I've moved more like, I like getting that guy early. Um, That's why I was so tempted to take Kelsey um, in the first round, but uh, you guys have really scooped him up here. So I think those are all, those have all been good picks. Yeah. Unless you land, you know, the, the late round dart throw, you know, the Bob Tunyon from a couple of years ago or Knox last year, it's just, it's just generally not going to work out for you. Yep. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the other thing with Kittle that I was thinking is, um, you know, even Lance, it's not going to be a pass heavy offense, but you tend, you tend to see rookie quarterbacks lean pretty heavily on their tight end. And so I think that that could be, it's a little bit of a gut call there, but I could see that panning out for Kittle. 
All right. Back on the clock here. I do need to grab a wide receiver at this point. Um, I think that we've got a, even with the murky quarterback situation, I think Deontay Johnson is still a lock for 120, 130 targets. And he's going to just continue to have a monster year. Even with Pickens involved now, I think that's going to hurt Claypool more than it will Deontay. The, my only concern with Deontay would, you know, be the uh, carousel of quarterbacks they appear to have there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I I think he's become a little bit of a value. I mean, just with the hold-in and contract stuff and, uh, you know, Pickens becoming a big name and obviously Claypool's there and, and the narrative that he just benefited from Roethlisberger, which I think he did, but right he earns targets and getting him in the fourth round is is a really nice value so um i don't i don't really think pick pickens hurts claypool though to that point because they're moving claypool to the big slot and we saw him go off against the eagles last year for over 100 yards and four touchdowns and deontay johnson still got eight targets and a touchdown in that game or something like that so i feel like if anything Pickens being on the outside while Claypool plays the big slot is going to lower the ceiling of everyone. Sure. I actually didn't know that they were moving Claypool to the slot. So that's a, that's a great point to bring up during this, this mock here. Um, either way, I think with just the talent that Pickens has shown yeah. so far in camp, I know yeah, he, we, all, yeah. we all love Claypool in this chat, but it just, it just hasn't really come together yet for him. And, and maybe it will in year three, but I think Pickens will be, the the detriment of of Claypool there. Yep, I agree. Um, there's a few really interesting running backs here. I'm debating. Let's see. When am I up next? And we did have the bot take a couple quarterbacks off the board here. So Mahomes and Herbert uh, are off the board. Zeke went at 312 as well. Interesting that uh, the uh, the bots took Herbert over Mahomes. Yeah, that is interesting. Good point for calling that out. I, I hadn't really thought about that the, the bot made that, made that pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's interesting. I think they'll probably be close in points per game. They would probably put Herbert one spot above Mahomes in like the MVP race. And maybe the loss of Tyree kill is what, what makes them flip. I mean, y'all do know Herbert finished tight or quarterback two last year, right? Right. Behind Allen. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I don't, I don't have any complaints with that. That makes no. sense. Yeah. That's a, that's a coin flip. I'll take either or it doesn't matter. I'm mm-hmm. just surprised they both went that far after Allen. Like that just doesn't seem like that gap should exist, you know? Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm going to take the high upside selection here. A guy who I've been a little lukewarm on, but that was at his, you know, insane cost before his injury. Um, Coming back, I think just seeing him perform at a, you know, average or, or below average level in the playoffs, Cam Akers, I mean, that's a really good offense, man. And I don't think Daryl Henderson is good enough to, if Akers is healthy and explosive again, I don't think Henderson's good enough to really keep him off the field. Matt and I talked about it on the last podcast. 
McVeigh likes to say those things, but he uses a workhorse back. And if Akers gets workhorse-like um, usage in that offense, he could explode and really pay off. Getting him at 4-4, I think, is is a pretty good value. So I'll take that. And then the computer follows it up with the counter-opposite um, David Montgomery, I guess, uh, kind of... I don't know how much of a ceiling he has, but I suppose he's got a high floor. So that brings us back to Ben at four six. Yeah, I'm thinking about. I think I believe it's the first rookie off the board here. I'm thinking of taking Breeze Hall, just to try and get that upside at the RB two. Uh, try and get uh, some PPR volume. I think Breeze Hall is better than. Michael Carter, pretty much everything he does, I don't think by the time the season starts or even at the latest mid-time in the season, I think Brees Hall is going to take over, be a third down back. You know, I was thinking someone like Travis Etienne, but um, I, I believe he's not going to come back to me either way with th- three people I know pretty high on Etienne uh, on the turn. So I'm going to go for that upside Yeah, Brees Hall. I thought about Brees. I like that pick. Um, he's another guy who just has a lot of upside. I mean, if he just takes over that job and and literally runs with it. Um, and then McLaurin goes at 4-7, another guy I was heavily considering. That brings us to Andrew at 4-8. I've got to say, Team 6 is absolutely killing it here on the uh, zero RB strategy. <laughs> Four straight receivers. Cooper Cup, Tariq Hill, Mike Evans. Terry McLaurin, like, they are set on that part. So props to that bot. Can I make a uh, point about Brees real quick? Go for yes. It. I'm actually in the process of writing the Discord. I asked them five rookies that they wanted me to do a deep dive on for their for their roles for this year and the future outlook. I don't think Brees is a good redraft pick this year. I think he's a better 2023 player than he is 2022. And it's because of Michael Carter. Now, Michael Carter, I don't think it's going to take a large portion of the rushing work away, but he was a really, really good receiving back last year. And I think that there is a chance that because of how good he was, that they rotate them and then, you know, the season's longer. There is a chance that Brees Hall is the first and second down back and Michael Carter takes all of that, uh, you know, the third down the passing work away from him. Now, if they come out and they're like, Brees is our guy, he's going to be on the field all the time, then no hesitation whatsoever. I mean, we've seen Brees do it all. He has that ability. I just don't know if they're going to let him this year. I, I think that that's a, that's a fear to have. I think oh, in a redraft league, like you look at the running backs that are going here, who has the upside to completely take over a backfield and just have like a superstar season. And you're kind of playing for that, I mean, you want to win the league, right? Not necessarily take, you know, fourth or fifth. So I think Brees Hall is one of the guys that you can look at here and say, like, he's one of the few guys that really has, like, full three down upside. Now, granted, you know, the offense isn't great. Like, I I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying, like, in terms of a redraft, I think that's why he's a solid pick there is just because you can project and say, like, hey, there's this upside case for him. I absolutely agree, but my issue is, because the uncertainty revolves around passing down work. 
that's oh. where my that's where my issue comes in because if he's gonna you know carry the ball 200 times for 1500 yards but he only sees you know two balls two catches all year obviously this is an unrealistic projection then does that really pan out versus getting somebody like James Conner who could see 10 targets a game and never rushes the ball you know I'm just making that yep. up but that that that's my only concern sure that makes sense I mean at that point though he's basically Nick Chubb right that's, yeah, that's the, uh, the well, RB archetype you're kind of encapsulating there. The, I think the Jets just lost their starting right tackle, so he might not even right. do that. Right. I think at RB18 prices, though, it's, it's true. All of that risk yeah. is baked in. He's, he's got the clear shot, uh, you know, a three down workhorse role. I think he's a better receiver than Michael Carter. No, no shade to Michael Carter, but. I, I I agree with you, but Michael Carter was good last year, and oh, obviously for sure. we're going to find out, you know, here in the first six, seven weeks of this year whether that was. He, he's able to hold that role away from Brees because I agree with you. Brees is a do-it-all guy. All right, let's keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, Andrew's we'll just sitting over here like, man, I'm <laughs> so ready to take my pick. Oh, yeah, I've been ready. Uh, so I kind of was thinking about it, talking about guys who have like lower costs right now because this is kind of back into positions at this point with like top 12 potential talent. And it just it kept going back to just like this one particular running back that I kept looking at, and I don't want to chase touch, touchdown production from last year. So James Conner, eighteen touchdowns, I just don't see it happening again. So I'm actually kind of leaning a different direction. Uh, I want to deal with a guy who's going to have another running back in that backfield that a lot of people hype up and say they have a role, but Antonio Gibson for the past two years has produced right there at RB12 and RB13. That's with McKissick already being there. I don't want to hope for injury, but if McKissick goes down for any reason, he's going to absorb some of that role himself. He already saw 52 targets last year. This offense looks like hopefully is taking a step in the right direction, but Gibson has been able to make himself useful enough to solidify himself as a solid RB2 option. And, I mean, the dude's flirted with 11 touchdowns and 10 touchdowns past two years. So, it's pretty solid. He has a role locked in. And kind of similar to some other running backs, like this dude didn't play a lot of running back growing up through college. He was more used as a receiver. So, he's still transitioning. He's still learning. And he did everything he did last year on turf toe. So, Matt, and, a, and a bad shim. Yeah. Yes. I thought, Matt, you were going to – Say, because Brian Robinson supposedly is, is some people are projecting him to get the goal line. So if, if you I take like, away receiving and goal line work for Gibson, but I'm not saying I don't know if that even happens. And I think Gibson's a good value there. The one thing I want to say is regarding Connor. I think a lot of people just say like, oh, like he's he's a huge regression candidate. Like, so I, I'm not interested. And. I think, I mean, when you score 18 rushing touchdowns, like there's room for regression and still paying off, you know, oh, at the, there of the fourth round. So just to make that point, I'm not saying you're, you're wrong, Andrew. I think, you know, I don't, I don't blame you for the pick at all. Just kind of making that point. I think people, you know, just look at regression and just say they're out on a guy. That's not like there's room for regression and still to still be a good, you know, fantasy value. Yeah. So like the, the other point that kind of came back to me with Connor is Connor has a rushing quarterback who doesn't check it down as often. Connor only saw 37 pass opportunities or 37 catches, 39 targets with correction. And he is still yet to crack a thousand yards in his rushing career. Yeah. So 
I don't know. I just, that's kind of what led me to stick away on top of the regression. Yeah. I, I don't think Connor's particularly good to be honest. I just don't think he's very good, but he's in a valuable role. So, um, but he did go at four nine there. So it brings us to chance at four ten. I had four running backs in my field. It was three Saul Gibson and Connor. And then the one I'm going to take here, which <laughs> probably going to snipe Matt again. Yep. But it's, it's, it's ETN. I, Yep. Looking at the board, I have a few wide receivers <laughs> that I like, and I know at least one of them will hopefully make it back to me. I don't think ETN was going to make it back to me at all. I needed an RB2 that I was confident in, and looking at the board of running backs after ETN, and even then I'm still a little iffy on ETN, but looking Josh Jacobs, Dobbins, Mitchell, Edwards Hilaire, I'm not really confident in them as much as I am ETN. Um, it's a shame. I wanted Bruce Hall really bad. He got taken. I really wanted Antonio Gibson. And then Andrew took him, and then immediately after the bot took James Conner. So it's it, it kind of forced my hand to take ETN there. This group of running backs that's left is gross. It, exactly. Exactly why I would ETN there. We have entered the RB dead zone. Yes. Very firmly. Oh, what? Okay. I'm going to keep it simple here. I'm not going to fade talent. He's been getting targeted since he got paid. I'm going to go with DK Metcalf. I just, can I just say, I think passing on Cortland Sutton. So it goes, Matt took Metcalf, and then Jerry Judy went at 412, Cortland Sutton at 5-1 to the, the bot here. I think Sutton I think Sutton could have a huge year. And, um, I, that, that was the wide receiver I was hoping would make it back to me, was Sutton. I uh, have, I was the resident Judy guy. I, I was really, really high into Jerry Judy. Um, and then just doing more research, listening in on how camp is going, watching videos and stuff like that. I have completely flip-flopped and I am pro Sutton now. I, I definitely, I used to say that Judy, I think Judy's still a better route runner than Sutton, but everything else, I, I think Sutton just absolutely demolishes Judy in that aspect. And having Russell Wilson there for the first time in either of their careers, they finally have a good quarterback. I wanted to go Sutton, but I knew ETN wouldn't make it back to me. And then it was the RB dead zone and I would end up having some Nobody. I would end up not a nobody, but I would end up having Tyler Algier as my RB2, and I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah, DK Metcalf for me is, you know, 3,000 yards and was it 28, 29 touchdowns in three years. It's similar to Brandon Cooks. Like the production's there. I understand it was Russell Wilson, but when you see new quarterbacks come in, a Drew Locke, a Geno Smith, I mean, Geno Smith, I forget the stat. I sent it in the Discord two days ago. He was like, in the four games they played together, he was 19 for 25, 300-something yards and four touchdowns with DK. Small sample size, only four games, but those kind of quarterbacks like to rely on one true target. And I do love Sutton, but you have a more competent quarterback who's going to spread the ball around probably a little more than what Seattle's quarterback will do. That The passing game might be funneled through DK just a little bit more, but I have no issue with Sutton there. And then with this pick, I'm going with QB1. Jalen Hurts, no explanation needed. <laughs> Mic drop. Matt, pick up your microphone. We still got to we got to keep going here. No, I'm just this, kidding. Oh. This puts yep. me at a very difficult decision. I, I have there's there's a wide receiver I want to take here that won't make it back to me, but then there's also Lamar Jackson who will most definitely not make it back to me. And Lamar Jackson, I, I knew Matt would take Hurts over Jackson, which is why I didn't take him over ETN there. So I wasn't worried about that with how the setup is. Um, oh, God. 
you know, I, I might, I'm going to punt quarterback and I'm actually this, I'm going to go Allen Robinson. I really like the talent Allen Robinson has. I mean, he's always been a super talented wide receiver. He's never had a competent quarterback in his life. Finally gets a competent quarterback. I, I'm excited for him and he's definitely rising up my rankings. Love that pick chance. I thought about Allen Robinson over DK too. Yeah, that's tough. Let's go. Definitely I made a good, good pick, guys. Mama, yeah. be proud of me. We're all so proud of you, Chance. Good job. Um, we are not proud of Team 4 yet again. He takes his fourth running back, which is Josh Jacobs. Unfortunate uh, selection there for that guy. But um, brings us to Andrew at 5-5. Five, five. Well, Chance, Chance ended my hope right there. So guess I'm going to pivot. I know I can put a running back over into the flex spot. There's one running back left that I feel like has some extremely high upside if things are going Dang well it. for him. I know who you're going to say. Yep. I mean, it's, it's got to be Dobbins here. Like, it's a locked-in RB1 role. The talent's there. We've seen him flash before as a rookie. ACL injuries, people come back all the time from that, even if he had a little bit other issues going on with his knee. Like, he's doing all the right things. We're seeing the right things popping up for him to come back and be successful this year. So. You know, I love Dobbins, but what concerns me is it's a similar situation to James Conner with the whole rushing quarterback. There's not going to be a lot of targets there out of the backfield. And then Gus Edwards is no chump. Gus Edwards is a very competent and capable running back. So that's my concern with Dobbins. But at the value there, that is, I, I do like that pick. Yeah, I mean, that's like RB24, and we've already mentioned it, it, gets, it gets a little icky. After that, while receivers, I can find somebody to plug in. Two two quick points I want to make. I, I like Dobbins. Uh, Gus Edwards is well behind Dobbins in recovery. He's probably going to miss mm-hmm. the first six weeks of the season. And the Ravens are shifting their offense back to the 2019 MVP Lamar Ravens. They're not. They tried to spread the ball out. They drafted all these receivers. So what was it Mark Ingram had over a thousand yards and what twelve plus touchdowns that year? A handful of receptions, if I remember correctly. So. I, I definitely think J.K. Dobbins, if healthy, is in store for a big year. So I have to say one new thing I learned today from my coaches uh, is a phrase called RTB, run that ball. That's what that's what we're doing this year for the Ravens. like that phrase. Uh, we get Kyler Murray going off the board next at 5-6. That brings us to Ben at 5-7. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking this guy, he's, uh, he's so quick that uh, he got done for speeding this past week. I'm taking, wow. taking uh, Hollywood. <laughs> I'm taking Hollywood. I'm thinking first six weeks, no um, Hopkins there in a high-power offense with Murray. You know, Murray's about two foot tall, so he can't see the middle of the field. He'll be giving the, the ball to Hollywood over and over again. I think he's I think got he sniped Austin there. there. Just, oh, I just a little bit. Oh, big time. <laughs> Big time snipe. I didn't know you were. I didn't know you had kids, Ben. I think I'm. I'm uh, with that snipe. I think I've made Austin. Uh, yeah, I've got him in a little cradle right now. Uh-huh. No, I, I was saying I didn't know you had kids because that was the ultimate dad joke that you made um, with the oh, speed yeah. joke. But, <laughs> um, Wouldn't that comment itself be a dad joke? Yes, a little. In fact, would. Dad squared. Yeah, you guys got to calm down. Matt and I are the resident dads here, okay? That's true. <laughs> well, I love the pick, Ben. 
just... I'll thank him. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I couldn't tell. Couldn't tell. I um. I think there's. I'm tempted to take um. Quintez Cephas right here. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm a little torn because. I did not expect this player. Yeah, I got to do it. You mentioned it, Matt. MVP season, Lamar Jackson. I mean, I think he could be QB1 there. Got him at 5'9". So um, he's, what, the seventh quarterback off the board. So I feel pretty good about that. Um, so if he's QB1, that means he's scoring the same amount of points as Jalen? <laughs> Amtua, what? This is awkward. We're gonna have a tie. QB one. That's Wentz. Huh. Someone say Wentz. <laughs> That's okay, actually no. an interesting question. Has that ever happened at any position in fantasy? Like a tie, like to the decimal point. I'm looking this up. Hold on. Uh, it was pretty close in 2018 between McCaffrey and Saquon. I believe those guys were within two points of each other. Oh wow, that is close. And everybody, you know, hyped up Saquon significantly more than McCaffrey. That McCaffrey had his monster 2019 season yeah i don't think it's ever happened that i mean that would be that would be pretty incredible but um regardless mike williams goes off the board to the bot at 510 austin on the clock at 511 yes sir yep i will say chad i do love the lamar jackson pick you made my decision here a little bit easier um i think lamar's got a phenomenal shot at being qb1 overall this year sorry matt um there's like seven guys that have a shot at it <laughs> i think there's i think everybody that's been taken uh except for joe burrow has got a legitimate shot at qb1 agreed all righty i'm gonna go with a little bit of reach here a little bit of a homer pick give me some mike thomas the number one wide receiver in 2019 mm. dude looks healthy and there's no question when he's healthy he's one of the best receivers in the league um target hog and to get him, you know, as the 25th, 26th wide receiver off the board here, I think that's just insane value. Um, yeah. Enough Fair said. enough. So then Donalds goes off the board and Chris Godwin to the to team 12 over there, back to uh, Mr. Mr. Saints fan over there. All right. I'm looking at another wide receiver here. There's a few guys. You know, you've got Brandon Cooks, perennial thousand yard receiver. Uh, Mon Ross, St. Brown. You know the <clears throat> the breakout from last last half of last season. And I'm going to go with something that I think's being really really slept on, and I've really started to come around on him recently. Um, number one wide receiver, wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. Go Juju Smith Schuster here. Going to see a lot of targets. He might not out target Travis Kelsey, but he's going to see a lot of targets this year. And if we see the juju from 2018, 2019, he's going to be a steal in drafts. Yeah, that's fair. I'm I'm just really upset because I thought you guys were disrespecting Elijah Mitchell, who the computer just took right before me. Um, I mean, in the sixth round, this kid ran for what over 900 yards in like 11 games as a rookie. And he's in one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL. And people are just afraid to take him. And I will take all of the Elijah Mitchell, except for this one, because Team 10 got me, which I knew was going to happen. 
Um, but I think Elijah Mitchell is in store for a big season. I think a lot of people are going to regret being out on him. No? Yes. I mean, I disagree just because Mike McDaniel's gone now. Um, you obviously no longer have a statue in the backfield. To, Trey Lance is going to take a lot of those rushing possibilities away from him. Um, and then TDP is still carrying some hype into the offseason. So I, I don't think – I'm disrespecting Elijah Mitchell just because I don't think he's going to be what everyone wants him to be. Um, at the I think it's a value there. I think it's you know a value pick. You're kind of drafting him at his floor. But – Still, but, I mean, how many times do you think Trey Lance is going to run the ball? Because he's going to take those those rushing attempts you reference that he's going to take away. That's just going to be taken out of the passing game. Like they're going to run fair. the ball so much. And um, you know, we alluded, or maybe somebody mentioned it. My article that I wrote um, that's up on the yeah. website. But yeah, Andrew, um, it tends to hurt those guys in in the receiving game which is a fair knock you know his pass catching is is definitely in question and um but i think just when you have a running quarterback like that and you run some read option and stuff it also makes the running the whole running game so much more efficient um so can it really get much more efficient though because i think we've seen a ridiculously efficient rushing offense for years from san fran that's a fair point with i mean to your point with asking about you know, how much is Lance really going to run? I mean, he averaged 10 rush attempts per game in the three three games he started. That's pretty significant. Oh, for I mean, sure. So, but I think it's going to come mostly out of the passing game. Right. Then. They'll, they'll probably yeah. be more run heavy. But I think, and just with the way the, you know, the narrative of the 49ers running back, they never repeat, you know, as the, the top running back coming back. It's just. So just real quick, and then we'll move on. But I mentioned this on the pod, um, I believe, with Matt and. He's Elijah Mitchell reminds me a lot of Devonte Freeman, who was a back that Kyle Shanahan utilized as a workhorse for about three years. So, um, you know, I mean, we'll see, but I'm I'm definitely in on him. Mm-hmm. Um, here, there's, I don't know, I, I feel like uh, may have ended a tier, and now we're in a whole new one, which is a big tier, and it's kind of tough to be on the front end of that. So, um, some uncertainty here. I'm just gonna go with the guy that Matt mentioned earlier as a consistent guy that's always 11, 1,200 yards, and that's Brandon Cooks as my wide receiver three in the sixth round. I'll, I'll take that. So um, then uh, the team eight behind me follows it up with Amonra St. Brown at 6'5", and that brings us to Ben at 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, I'm going to roll with, I think, a long-range snipe on chance here. Uh, I, I'm hoping he's right, in the, he's right in his queue. He's right at the top. He's got his own spot, and I'm going to pick uh, <laughs> Rashad Bayman. I thought nope. about that, too. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think... snipe me. You didn't no, snipe me. No. You did not snipe me. I think I... there's two, two chances right here. No, there's there's two chances to snipe me here. Yeah, I think with the um, MVP season that we're thinking Lamar could have again, I think with them only having two potent – uh, receivers in Andrews and Bateman. Uh, I'm going to take the chance on Bateman, knowing that Hollywood had quite a good few years. Not stellar, but I think Bateman can easily live up to the price that I gave there. Yeah, I almost took him. I think that's a good pick. And then Amari Cooper goes at 6-7 back to Andrew at 6-8. Uh, I think, I don't know, man. There's a couple guys I've got queued up right here. 
Chad, I think I'm going to have to go for a guy that you've been hyping up real good. I mean, all, all the reports are backing it up, everything you've been saying. The offense, I question some. But if you got the number one target share for the Jets, I mean, Elijah Moore could be an extremely great value at a receiver three level price going for it. Yeah, I love him. Love. Did Chance disappear? Is Chance gone? Did I get it? No, Team Four got it. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Team Four goes with TJ Hawkinson. Snipe Chance. The, the bots are doing a really good job. They've sniped us all, it seems. Nah. Can we talk about how polar opposite teams four and six are? Oh, it's completely <laughs> different strategies. I feel like they're planning some sort of trade here. Oh, That's some collusion. Team, team ten, teams ten and twelve are the only two realistic looking teams here. But all the team, values team are pretty, okay. At team least team is pretty realistic. I mean, punted yeah. wide receiver and a three wide receiver set. I I wouldn't agree with it, but at least they're spreading it out, and it's not like you know team four where they have four running backs. <laughs> I mean. Running backs oh. to get hurt. What are you thinking here, Chance? God, that, that really hurt me. I, I was really, really hoping. I have been in mocks for redrafts. I've been hitting TJ Hawkson in the sixth round almost every single time. I really like that value for him there. Um, but since he's no longer there, somebody other than Kyle Pitts has to catch the ball in Atlanta, no matter who's throwing it. And that's going to be Drake London. So I'll take the second rookie off the board. It uh, has to be Drake London catching the ball. I'll take him as my flex, my wide receiver four. I absolutely love that value and pick right there. So I didn't get my tight end, but I'm just going to – Andrew and Ben know me from whenever we talk about it in our Debbie, uh, our Debbie podcast. Tight ends, I, I don't care about them after the top guys, so I'm putting tight end even further. Matt is fuming. Just uh, snipe central over here. Uh, sixth round? Yeah, I'll, I think I'll take Brandon Cooks here. No, that's okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Elijah Moore. Nope. Okay. I'll go with Drake London. Nah, not him either. Okay. I, I did consider both. I did consider Cooks as well for my pick, but, you know, keep okay. bringing up the name so that didn't happen. I don't like anybody that's on the board. See, in Dynasty, this is where you trade back. Right. Not an option. And it's, super, and it's not super flex. And I'm used to, like, you know, with, take another tight end or a quarterback here, but. Well, you do need an RB2 here, pal. I do, and I don't like any of them. Not one. Miles Sanders is dead to me. I don't like – the only one that I really like is A.J. Dillon, but he doesn't catch any passes, but they said he would. But I don't believe him. Darnell Mooney is, is the only target in Chicago at wide receiver. Komet's pretty good. But Mooney is a beta – and I just that offensive line. Oh my god, it's so bad. I just think Fields is going to be running for his life. Mm-hmm. Gabe, Dave, Gabe Davis. I'm. I have gone back and forth with Hoagie on this one. I'm just not a fan of this ADP at all. Devonte Smith is an alpha wide receiver, but AJ Brown is a super alpha wide receiver and absolutely consumes him into a black hole. So Devonte Smith is useless. I do like Brandon Ayuk, but again, it's going to be a really low pass passing volume offense. Let's chase Claypool. Hello. Ooh, Kadarius Tony. Reach. Yeah, I know. All right. I'll probably just go with AJ Dillon here. This is my oh I cued him. Is my RB2. I don't hate it. I mean, he had you know, he didn't catch a lot of passes, but he had 37 targets. And if he's 
they're going to give him a boost. I, I think they'll see a bit more. And he looked good catching the ball, so I don't hate it at all. And then uh, CEH goes off the board and Adam Thielen, and it's back to Matt again at 7-2. Yeah, I wonder if just Aaron Jones plays a little more slot, you know, at the kind yeah. of the JT Naheem yep. Hines in the slot with Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. I wonder if it's a little bit like that. Yep. Now I need a wide receiver. There's a few interesting guys on the board that you were just talking about. So there are, there are, there are, there are. You could, you could, uh, you could get uh, a little stack there with Devonte Smith, but um, I know you mentioned that he. I wanted the AJ Brown, did, yeah, Jalen stack. <laughs> Oh, I can't believe it. What is this? One, what wide receiver are we at? I wish Sleeper kept track of this at the top. It's like uh, receiver 29 right now. Hello. Okay. I, I Okay. I'll buy that, I guess. I don't like anybody else that's up here right here anyway. I'll go with Gabe Davis. Ooh. I'll take a piece of the... Best passing actually. offense in the league with probably the best quarterback. Yeah, we're actually into the 30s now. I think it's like 31 or 32 wide receiver there, and yeah. I I like that value. I mean, he has at least a, a lot of upside. And, and I mean, imagine, again, we don't want injuries. Imagine if something happens to Fawn Diggs. Like, Gabe Davis would – I mean, he'd see a lot of tough oh. matchups, tough cornerbacks. But, like, I mean, God, he would – he'd see a ton of volume. And I – I think he'll, I think he'll have a solid year. So, chance uh, back to you seven three. Now, I'm questioning if I should keep punting tight end, but I know there's still a few teams that need quarterback, and I know if I wanted to wait for the stack with Robinson, it wouldn't work out. But I'm not gonna stack. I'm gonna go with the only man who could ever defeat Father Time, and that's a go. I'm, I'm gonna take Tom Brady there. TB12, and then the I, I, I don't care how many of his wide receivers get injured. We have seen him ball out with a bunch of nobody, so I'm not concerned about who the skill position players are around him week to week. Uh, he will consistently be a QB one, um, at the very least, you know, a high end QB two on those you know down weeks. So I think that's a safe pick. Clock adjustment. It's been moved to three minutes. Ooh, good call. Good call. You guys are these guys are uh, milking the clock here. Come on. Yeah, uh, these but, these these bots are taking way too long. Yeah, uh, totally. They took Hopkins at seven four, so Andrew's on the clock at seven five. Oh, this is this is a tough spot. I much prefer just waiting on the quarterback. I mean, last year I got a solid value waiting that way. I'm split between a couple of receivers here, and. I don't know. There, there's a betting favorite right now, apparently, among sites about which rookie receiver is going to lead in receiving yardage for the year. And the odds-on favorite actually happens to be one of the receivers I prefer the most Burks, when it comes to right. being a route runner. It's not Burks. It's not Burks. Olave. Olave. Knew it. Olave. Chris yep. Olave. Now, his ADP is 101. If it wasn't for a Saints Homer fan in here, I probably would have pushed it one more round. <laughs> But there, there's some high options for some older guys I feel like I can get later. 
Alave has a lot of talent. And, of course, you know, has Jameis Winston, who is not a running threat and will just chunk the ball, and he does not care where it goes. This could be a surprise offense to watch this year. Yep. I love that pick, Woody. Not even just being a Homer fan, but I think with his uh, deep threat ability paired with Jameis, I think he's mm-hmm. got some very big splash potential this year. I love him in best ball formats for sure. Yep. Um, Darnell Mooney goes next at 7-6, so it's to Ben at 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah, I like the, the Olave pick there, and I was thinking about Mooney as my wide receiver five, but I think I've just like chance I've punted tight end a bit too too long. I think I'm going to go with the last proper option to do it. Quite a top high finish, and that is Dallas Gullet. Good job. I think um, I th- if there's an argument in the Discord that goes on all the time about Devonta Smith, and we know AJ Brown's going to be the clear one, but it depends on who's going to be the second and the third. And I think uh, Goddard's going to be the 2A and Smith is going to be the 2B. But I think Goddard's going to eat a lot more than Devonta Smith. Um, which, I mean, by size comparison, you can probably tell that straight off the bat. So that's me. I, I don't want to make a big deal out of training camp target numbers, but the targets that Jalen has thrown, it was something like 26 to AJ Brown, 21 to Goddard. And then Devonte Smith was all the way down at like 11. Like there was a really big gap between Brown and Goddard. Now it may not end up being that way, mm-hmm. but I, I do think that it shows where Jalen likes to go with the football and the Goddard being targeted so heavily shouldn't really surprise anyone because outside of Smith, I think Goddard actually led training camp last year in targets ahead of Smith. Jalen really likes throwing to Dallas Goddard. So I, I, I agree with Ben. I think there's a chance that Goddard really pushes Devontae Smith for targets this year as the two. I think um, I watched a, a video on YouTube. I'm trying to find which one it was. I know I put it in the Discord about about Hurts in general. It was by Alex Rollins about the fact that with Hurts scrambling, quite a lot. He doesn't really like looking down the middle of the field too much, but I think uh, as the season went on, I think got it got more looks and more more run-ins with, with Hertz, so I think that relationship's definitely going to like elevate another step up. I think speaking of Devon Smith, uh, he went uh, at the 7-8 and then it's on chat now. Yeah, I think you I need was... another quarterback, Chad. <laughs> you need a tight end, Chad. I was, yeah, I was gonna take Goddard, so I think that was a nice pick there, Ben. Um, debating, you know, maybe a slight reach on one of these tight ends, or I know, uh, who, I know who. I bet you, I know who. Do you? I don't know. I feel like I do. Yeah. Hey-o. Yeah. Come on, I know who. Yeah, you probably do. Homer pick? Question mark. No, no, not who I was thinking. Oh, you got like ten seconds left. I, I'm very it. aware. I, I've got I, a I, countdown in my it head. Was, it was my tactics to just talk and. Oh, oh I don't no. know who. I did not know who either. I was thinking it was Albert L. 
No, I'll take Pat Fryermuth, who had a really good year and has, you know, I think he's a guy who we could see a, a big leap from. I think of most of these guys, once you get into this kind of mid-range, even the late range, he's one of those guys I wouldn't be surprised to be up, you know, pushing on the, the doorstep of the elite tier. So, um, yeah, um, who did you who did you think it was, Matt? Alberto. Eh. I like Fryermuth, but, I you know, I think – as we were talking about earlier with Deontay Claypool and Pickens, that's a really crowded room for be to be a pass catcher in. It is. I mean, Trubisky's targeted his tight ends quite a lot, but uh, we'll see. Yep. All right, Austin, what you got? Austin, are you with us? I think he muted. Oh, <laughs> I was talking that whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Great analysis. Loved yeah. it. Did you guys like that? Um, I was just saying real quick, Chad, I think I would have gone Ertz there over Fireman. Mm-hmm. Target competition, and I think the Cardinals would be a better offense in general. More opportunity for touchdowns. But at that Yeah, point, that's fair. I was thinking of him. I also – I mean, I know Dawson Knox. Like, yeah, he's a regression candidate, et cetera, et cetera. But he's an athletic dude, and when you talk about touchdown upside, I mean, right. you got to throw him in there too. But I just think of those guys, I think Fryermuth has – the highest potential to be a best player. And he was phenomenal in the red zone. And I think he's going to continue to be so. Couldn't agree more. All right. I'm going to continue the trend with wide receivers here. And there's quite a few guys I, you know, I'm looking at here. You got Traylon Burks, uh, just an elite athlete and has a very clear path to a lot of targets this year, even with Robert Woods there. Uh, I like Garrett Wilson here. You know, he's also an elite wide receiver and these guys, and you see when they get picked in the top half of the first round, they, almost immediately are, are always difference makers. I mean, look at Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle from last year. Um, but I'm actually going to go with third-year breakout player here, Brandon Ayuk. What we saw from mm-hmm. him last year in the second half of the season when Debo kind of took on more of that rushing role, I think he really blossomed into a, 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 a true wide receiver one. So uh, I think that he's got a, he's got breakout written all over him. And with my next pick here, I'm going to complete my 49ers trifecta. <laughs> Trey Lance. <laughs> Grab me a little bit of Trey Ooh. Lance. Might be a little bit early, but I think that he's that late-round QB that we see every year that immediately becomes a top-five option. And I love the value there of getting him outside the top 10 QBs. Have 10 already gone? Oh, that is 10. Sorry. Oh, man. That's what I was about to say. Good grief. I mean, I'm with you, though. I'm with you on that that value. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think the ADP, like how closely you have to follow it. Like a few of us have, like you know, talked about reaching um, mm-hmm. tonight on a on a guy, and it's just I don't think it matters as much in redraft. Like you don't want to go too high above ADP, but like you have to get your guys. You know, I think it's a little bit different than dynasty or especially best ball um because sure. in this mock draft too we have to account for half the picks being auto drafted if if everybody was actually playing and see how many qbs have already been drafted i would have waited but knowing that auto draft is going to take players just randomly i felt like i needed to grab my quarterback there yeah that's a good point too and so with that you guys knew it was happening soon there it is mm-hmm. <laughs> Future wide receiver one, Kadarius Tony, is off the board. 
Uh, and then Tyler Lockett goes at 8-5, and so it's to Ben at 8-6. I don't think he's ready for this one. I'm going to I'm gonna put this one out there. Um, it's another dad joke, and I'm going to uh, go a bit Toy Story on you and go uh, reach for the sky. A little bit of <laughs> sky moving. I like it. Jeez. I like so, it. Dude. Someone take this man's mic away. <laughs> yeah, he's done. He's done. <laughs> yeah, that's, we've had enough of your father jokes uh miles sanders goes at eight seven finally i was waiting for a computer to take him because i figured none of us would um eight eight to andrew oh this is a tough spot to be in because i don't know i just i see value different places but kind of like you said the adp's got set up at miles sanders damon harris those types right there i just i don't know where the role is going to eventually lie for them Quarterback, I'm good right now. I know most people got theirs besides me, two bots, and Ben, it feels like. Ooh, that's a tough spot to be right here at this point. You know, we're hearing a lot of good hype about pass catching backs over in the Patriots system, and that's not normally a spot I would look at, but if – Stevenson, Ramadre Stevenson is really secure in that role and shows out just a little bit in the preseason. His value is going to go up a good bit. Love that. Thing. He's he's a big dude. So, I mean, he can fight Harris for some of that goal line work as well. That makes this next pick really easy for me. Uh, Russell Wilson went up to 8-9. I obviously wasn't going to go quarterback here. Um, but, you know, we talked about the San Francisco uh, offense and it being rush heavy. Miami now has McDaniels, who obviously loves to run the ball. I believe that Chase Edmonds is going to be the RB1 in Miami. I was needing an RB3, and I really like Chase Edmonds. He's been showing out in camp so far. So I'm going to go ahead and take Chase Edmonds here. Matt, you are on the clock at 8-11, and you are muted. Still muted. Doesn't work. My it doesn't work. <laughs> I was gonna take Chase Edmonds, but that's okay. <laughs> Another snipe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll go with my boy. Year three breakout. Well, actually, he's already broke out because he's been a top twenty-four wide receiver once. But I I still think he is the one B option in this offense. So I'm gonna go with Chase Claypool. I'm expecting a big year three out of him, especially playing in the slot, break a thousand yards, and then. Then and then, did I need another player? Yes, you do. After Damian Harris and Cordero Patterson go off the board, I think CPAT is kind of turned into a good value this late in the draft, honestly. But man, I don't know. I feel like that ends up being like just a mess of a backfield. Probably, but he's going to line up in the slot out wide. I mean, he's, I think one thing's for sure, he's going to get targets. So I, you know, even if they have Algier running the ball and, and so on. But yeah, I just worry about him being, isn't he 31 or 32 now? Mm. Or if you start, if, you know, if he gets a lot of yeah. carries early in the season, if you start to see him break down a little bit, see some Tyler Algier later on. Yep. Yeah, he is 31. I think here with this 9 2, I'm going to go with Mr. Overpaid, but got paid for a reason, Christian Kirk. It's probably the number one option in that offense and the only reliable wide receiver I think there is to be had in that Jacksonville offense. And 
Doug Peterson is super pass heavy, so I expect a big year from Lawrence and probably Kirk. Yep, I like that. I'm going to go ahead and keep punting tight end. Um, I contemplated here quite a bit. I'm actually going to take who I believe will be Green Bay's wide receiver one. I'm taking Alan Lazard. Good pick. And then Garrett Wilson goes off the board at 9-4 to Andrew at 9-5. Well, that helps because as much as I wanted Wilson, you know, I don't want to double down on the Jets. I just – that hurts my soul. I had to root for the Jets constantly. So instead I'm going to kind of flip strategies. I'd go for another pass happy offense. I feel like once the studio comes back healthy, I think Michael Gallup's going to be a great number two to pair up with CD lamb. And it's, it's, it's worth investing into that offense for redraft. Yep, I like Gallup a lot. And then Tony Pollard goes off the board who I actually was, he was a guy I probably would have taken here in the next few picks. So like that selection by the bot, and we are back to Ben at 9-7. Yeah, I'm thinking of rolling, getting my running back three for the team. Um, I'm looking at a guy who got injured later on in the year, but he's a pretty pretty damn good running back, and he might have 80 and taking touches away, but he's going to be great in the Jacksonville offense. I'm going to take uh, J-Rob. Yep, J-Rob off the board. That's an excellent pick. And then Kareem Hunt goes. And, you know, I might have taken one of those guys. But, again, like, in these redraft leagues, like, you're playing to win the league, right? You're you're playing for these upside guys. And, I mean, James Cook in an elite offense might catch a ton of passes in a PPR. And, you know, he's he's my RB3 here. But I think he's – they might not run the ball all year. They might just throw. So, yeah, I think he's going to be on the field a lot. Uh, Dawson Knox goes next, and then back to uh, Austin at 9-11. Wow, that is a triple snipe there with Pollard, Hunt, and Cook. Good Lord. <laughs> you love to see it. Things that you love is, to see. Yeah, that's rough. Um, I see how it is. I see how it is. Boy, I'm in kind of a tough spot because I do feel like I need to, to take another running back. Um. Boy, I think I'm going to go with kind of the highest upside guy in this area. Well, I don't know if that's true. I like Melvin Gordon here. I think that he's still going to be in a decent timeshare. He'll have standalone value. And should anything happen to Javante, he can still step in and, and be a workhorse. It's really just those two in that offense. So if anything happens to Javante, he immediately becomes a top 15 running back. No questions asked. Uh, team 12 in a one QB, one tight end league has now drafted its second quarterback and second tight end. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I believe. Bold, it's a bold strategy. Uh, team six is running with Miles Sanders and Tony Pollard at running back starting. So that could pay off big or it's, be a very big letdown. That's they're, going, they're going with zero RB. Extremely. Like negative zero RB. Uh-huh. And I'll take a little bit of Matt's advice uh, from earlier. Let's see if Michael Carter does have that standalone value, if he can take enough of the passing work to be useful. And like we saw last year, again, if you know, at this point you're looking for a guy who has upside should the starter go down. So Michael Carter can be a top 20 running back if Brees were to go down. Yep, that is true. I thought you were going to take a 
different running back that Matt likes, and it's way too early. Yeah, I wasn't gonna take him. Way too early. Winning's winning. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Is it? You say that so nobody takes him. <laughs> Playing mind games over here. Oh, take him. It's, it's a mock. I don't care. Oh, well, in that case. Um, let's see. I mean, I don't, this isn't my favorite pick, but. Eh, no, I'll go with Spiller. Um, yep. Talk about upside at running back, you know, so I'll take Isaiah Spiller. Then Gesicki goes off the board and back to Ben at 10-6. I like that. Yeah, pick, Chad. Um, oh, there's always somebody that compliments Eckler that has hundred hundred rushes a year. So yeah, yeah. I um I had a I don't know if it's phrase in America, but it was a bit of squeaky bum time. Uh, about, uh, it was what? Uh, because I know <laughs> squeaky <laughs> squeaky bum time. That means something different in America, Ben. Yeah, I'm going to I'm, I'm going I'm to use that phrase, Whoa. and I'm going to get back to you on how that goes over. But uh, it was a bit, uh, oh god! Because I know Chad loves this guy, and I think at this stage in the draft, you're looking at upside. And I'm thinking upside later in the later in the year. I'm thinking of uh, Jameson Williams. Mm. Oh, Singletary's a good one too. Ooh. I'll say pretty much you went the rookie version of Gallup of finding a guy that you can stash on IR and then let him come back in a little bit later. Uh, at this point, I feel like I am finally going to address that quarterback need. I want to find somebody with some top-level upside. And honestly, there there's one sitting there still. The Super Bowl champ, you know, Matthew Stafford yeah. over here. I understand the elbow injury could be a little bit of a factor this year, but when he's on the field playing, I mean, it's it's elite level, and it's a super, super great value. All right, I'm done punting tight end, so I'm going to go ahead and take one Good here. I, I think he's, you know, he's gotten some praise this offseason. The offense doesn't have a whole lot of targets outside of Mooney, so that kind of gives it away, but I'm going Cole Komet here. I, I, I think he's going to step up, and he's going to have a big year. Over was, Albert O. Over Albert O. I'm huge on Komet. I love Cole Komet. The only top eight tight end and targets that did not finish top eight. I, hey, I love that business. call. My drone business. Okay, now we're gonna do some squeaky bum time. Let's go, kid. Gamewell. <laughs> there it is. I love how he goes. Oh, it's way too early to take him. I was like, okay, Matt. I'm gonna do just to do that. Guess. You My wanted guess. him. Yeah, if you guys want to know why I took Kenny Gainwell, you can go to filmalytics.org. It's the first article up there since it's the most recent. Great article. Highly advise everybody to read it. Yeah. And Christian Watson and Hunter Henry go off the board next. Back to Matt at 11 2. What do I have? I have was my RB3 and a PPR. Ooh, see, Damian Pierce is interesting here. I'm, and I'm not falling for Naheem Hines hype again. No. <laughs> I, I like Damian Pierce here personally. See, I like Jarvis Landry because we're talking redraft here. He's going to earn 100 million targets. Dotson, 
is the two, but he catches everything. Pickens, I still I still like for 2023. I think he's gonna have probably a couple great blow up games, but just not a, not the consistency that I want. It's DJ Shark. Ah, yes, hiding all the way down here. Nico Collins, you love to see it back to back. Gainwell and Collins, love yep, it. Yep, Collins was a snipe on me. That's why I said I like Damian Pierce here, hoping he would just fall for it and go for it. Um, I really wanted Collins here. I, I like Collins, um, but I'm actually going to go and take probably the best handcuff for any running backs in any type of format, and I'm going Alexander Madison. Ah, oh, chance. <laughs> that is an elite handcuff. I'm pretty set at wide receiver. I can wait another round to continue to get wide receivers. Stack up on that handcuff right there. You get it a few elite weeks this season. Um, I love it. Uh, Russell Gage goes next, and it's back to Andrew at 11-5. I may have to be talking to Team 6 over here shortly about a couple of receivers. <laughs> uh, goodness. Just looking at what's out there available. I'm trying to find a guy who, you know, has that receiver one upside for his team. I did consider Collins last round as well, along with Gainwell. Dang the ADP, I don't give a care what it says. And both of those options gone, I have to kind of flip it back. What receivers are still left on the board that has an elite quarterback connected to him? John Dotson. Uh, you know, you can ask Ben that Jump question. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for me, I'm, I'm going to go with Mahomes, MVS, you know. It's a great pick. He was, he was cheaper than some of the other options between Sky and Juju, and he could still end up being the top receiver target. Yeah. And, I mean, I, we know Harmon's not an issue, so. Guys, I don't know what your issue is with Wentz. He's completing a lot of passes this offseason. Most of the them most. to the def- most of them to the defense, but uh, he's completing them. <laughs> hey, they're on his team anyway, so he's he's at least throwing to a exactly. commander. Pull it, practice the way you play. Oh, Ben, put the jersey away. Don't do it, dude. <laughs> You're embarrassing us. <laughs> right, ben, make your pick. Right, so I'm thinking high end offense. Another rookie. Um, thinking PPR league. He had this uh, elite level uh, reception in college and. Rashad White. Rashad White is a good pick there. Are you purposely punting quarterbacks so you can justify taking Carson Wentz? <laughs> I think it's it's the way the draft boards went. I'm just thinking like because some leagues like to stack stack two quarterbacks and then quarterbacks quite weak, but the way the bat, the boards went, uh, was a lot and, of quarterbacks. I like. Yeah, they they took Dak from me. In in Ben's defense, the Brandon Cooks of quarterbacks is still sitting there in Kirk Cousins. So, correct. Yeah, that's a, yeah. If the bots don't Ooh. get it, right, he can go oh. get Justin Fields late and justify it. Here we go. Chad, There's actually doing? a lot of wide receivers I still like. To be honest with you, um, I you joke about McCall Hardman, but he's been taking uh, Wildcat snaps, and they've been they've been using him a lot. I, I think he's going to be interesting this year. I'm not going to take him, but. Um, I was going to say have fun with that. You talk about a guy being the number one in his offense. Oh, Devontae Parker might score. Uh, I just cued him. Yeah, he might. He's 
he's who everybody wanted to kill Harry to be, basically. Um, Tyler Boyd goes next, and then to Austin at 11-11. All right. So I don't generally like to take two quarterbacks, but seeing as I've kind of risked a lot on Trey Lance here, he's extremely unproven, and he could be a bust. I'm going to go ahead and take the safe QB. (laughs) Smart, smart. Rip Ben. Just to give myself a little insurance, and I probably would have gone Madison there too if uh, Chance hadn't sniped me. First defense off the board. Yeah, team yeah. Team, team twelve is just really throwing us. For they are killing it. All right. They take the Bills D and then Jahan Dotson. Dotson's a good pick there. Dotson, yeah, Dotson's a good. pick. You guys want to start a two defense, two kicker league? I would love to. And IDP. Last year we had uh, in my home league we had two tight ends, two defense, two kicker, and that was it. That sounds what? That's disgusting. Just that as a terrible. just as a joke. That is, just as a joke. That is Matt's <laughs> fantasy right there. <laughs> Austin, what are you what are you thinking here? Oh, yeah. I think I'm gonna roll with one more running back here. I think again, should the starter go down, Ronald Jones has legit touchdown upside. I know there's a lot of Ronald Jones jokes, but if anything happens to Clyde, or if Clyde just continues to prove ineffective in the red zone. Ronald Jones could be the James Conner of the Chiefs offense. Over Pacheco, who's been taking all the snaps since. Oh, stop. Pacheco. Pacheco, Pacheco dude, he's goaded. You mean Darwin? I need him in round 16. I'm just saying, he is taking all the snaps ahead of Jones. I think McKissick is people. I think he's going to have a lot of that passing down work, but we'll see. It's it's tricky. Um I'm just going to take a starting running back in Damian Pierce, who might actually be really good. I don't like the offense. I think their running game is going to struggle, but this late in the draft to get a starting running back who was really efficient in college, I'll take it. Don't hate it. Ben, 12-6 to you after the Buccaneers defense goes. Yeah, I'm struggling. I was going to pick Cousins here. So, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I 100% thought you were about to say, yeah, I'm struggling. I was about to take Tampa's defense there. Yeah. <laughs> right, ben ben still doesn't upside. have a quarterback. Two is on the board. Tre- Trevor Lawrence there, too. Do that's it. True. See, that's the thing. That's why I've been putting QBs so much. Because Tua. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't hate waiting. I mean, there's still guys that, like, I don't know, stack up. But I used to do this every draft. Just wait and wait and wait on QB. I think I'm going to look at probably the most, the play with the most upside left on the board, and I'm going to take Julio Jones. Oh, wow. I thought you were going to take Justin Fields. Yeah. I really really wanted Julio there. That is unfortunate. Chance that wasn't happening, just to let you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. That that was my guy queued up, so I have to rotate just a little bit here for me. We see a kicker go as well, by the way. Justin Tucker, old reliable. Yeah, talk, baby. At least the correct kicker went one. Right. Yeah, that is true. It's, it's early, but he is the one I want of kickers. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Andrew, I'm surprised you're not smashing this. I mean, you know, I want to at least evaluate my options first, but... I mean, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the rookie running back that's gonna end up being the guy for the Falcons. It's a perfect scheme. It's got a coach that made Derrick Henry just, you know, the well known first round pick he is for everybody. And CPAT being thirty one, they've already talked about how amazing the rookie's doing so far. 
he's going to have a role, and he's going to be that back half kind of guy who maybe not quite as good as Sun God, but he's going to help some people that way. Love that pick, Woody. You know, I I could snap or snipe my, Matt right here. I'm not going to because I know who he's going to pick with one of these next two picks. He mentioned him, uh, that he liked him. He thinks he's going to be really well, and it is redraft. I also agree. I'm taking Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great pick. Not the guy I, I was going to take originally, which I, I'll be surprised if Matt passes up on this guy. Yep, exactly. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got a bold take for you guys. You ready? I got this. So he's my second my guy. I'm going to have an article out on him next week. Gamebo was first. Pickens is second. But not this year. But I, this is probably my second boldest take I've ever made. And I don't know if you guys will consider it bold or not. But I truly believe that George Pickens is going to be an all-pro wide receiver. He has the talent to do it. I, I He has immense amount of talent. And if anything were to happen to Deontay or Claypool this year or Deontay gets traded next year or two years from now he doesn't get re-signed or Claypool leaves in two years from now, like Pickens is going to be the one at some point. Like That's just the way the roster is setting up. Yep. And then I think I'm going to need another running back here. And the two guys I like here, I like Davis Price and I like Brian Robinson. Because I think Brian Robinson can still see 100 carries along with Gibson. But I think Gibson, they drafted Robinson to give Gibson more space to operate out wide. So that's why I still like Gibson to Andrew's point from earlier. But I still think Brian Robinson. Um, I think I'm going to go with Davis, Davis Price here. Just because I think even though he is behind Elijah Mitchell, it's still a committee. There's a lot of touchdown upside to be had with Price as their bowling ball down the middle. So I'm going to go with him as my RB4. Yep. So a good pick there. Chance, what do you got for us? Last year in my home league, which I it was the first year I ever won my home league, I rostered two quarterbacks, and I can't let my guy go undrafted. And I made the decision to start Tua one week over Jalen Hurts. And Tua was the QB one that week and won me that week solely. So I can't let him go undrafted. It's the last round. I'm having fun. I'm taking Tua here. Uh, realistically, I would have taken uh, Wandale Robinson. Um, I think he's better than Kadarius Tony, And I'm just going to let that stew over for Chad after I say I, that. If if we want to talk for another hour, I can, <laughs> I'll start talking. But otherwise, let's just keep it moving. Y'all don't miss our first debate show. Ooh. Ooh. Little preview. Austin, what do you uh are, sorry, Andrew's up thirteen five. I, I know it's a, <laughs> less than a minute, but I, I got my guy at least queued. You know, just being three uh, three receivers, I'm gonna stack it with somebody else who's been having a little bit of good hype. Uh Jared Goff, he is willing to push it if he has a solid line behind him or in front of him. That is the case over here there with the Lions. TJ Shark is showing out. Jameson Williams is out for a little bit. It's a lot of good scenarios in the 13th round to take a shot on potentially another receiver one. And that is it for me this draft. Yeah, I like Shark. I He's he was the odds-on favorite for me to pick uh, coming up here. Right. So we see another defense score, but um, I'm – I'm going to fill a spot that I haven't filled yet. So I'm going to pick uh, Rodrigo Blankenship. 
the goggles. No. Um, <laughs> I'm between two guys, Tannehill or Justin Fields. I'm thinking Tannehill. You know he's not too he's lost okay. it. Yeah, I'm with you, Chance. That's probably who I would. Take. I I would yeah I would go T Law personally if I still needed a quarterback here. Or Carson Wentz. <laughs> he's just sitting there. Hey, he's got twenty seconds. Don't don't mess him up that don't, much now. No, you even know. have T Law star, bro. You have him favorited. That's me. Oh, well, uh, yeah. Never mind. I lied. Oh no. <laughs> makes sense now. It makes a lot of sense. Now. Uh, I'm gonna pick Justin Fields because he might play well week one and then be a starter weekly and have. I'd rather chance that. And get someone on waivers next week that's safe. Mm-hmm. If that makes it's a fair approach. And there's a lot of wide receivers I still like here. Um, Alec Pierce is way underrated down there. He's a guy that's going to start for the Colts, and I'm tempted to take him. Jalen Tolbert, um, but I'm going to take one of my favorite late round running backs. You guys might laugh at me, but playing for upside, especially because my bench is composed of three rookie running backs. So I'm going to go with another high upside backup in Khalil Herbert. Mm, thought about him. I think he's going to have a a decent role. He's he's one of my favorite uh, late round guys. And then another kicker goes, shocker. Austin, finish us off here, 13-11. All right, I will close us out. You were kind of reading my mind there, Chad. I was looking at some receivers here to kind of shore up my – Wide receiver room, I think Jalen Tolbert's got a great shot at an opportunity right away in the season. No Michael Gallup until likely mid-October or even November. So in a high-volume passing offense, Jalen Tolbert might see some very significant volume right out the gate. Yep, I think he's more than worth uh, the ticket there. That's that's who I was actually about to take until mm-hmm. I uh, remembered that Khalil Herbert was out there who – I'm into those late round, you know, high upside running backs. I mean, especially if, you know, if it, I have Kamara and Akers as my starting backs and then nothing, I just got some rookies on the bench. So James Cook, Isaiah Spiller, Damian Pierce, Khalil Herbert, just give me that upside on the bench. And one of those guys might be a league winner. Who knows? Um, yeah. So that wraps it up. Um, we will follow this up with a little bit of an article breakdown of the picks um matt you got uh, any any last points or topics no if you're watching this on youtube we're gonna have this also in audio form if you don't want to finish the video and if you're listening to this in audio form if you don't want to finish the audio we're gonna have this on youtube if you'd rather watch it uh as chad alluded to we're gonna have we're all gonna take uh, a couple days and write a few blurbs on the guys again and why we picked them because uh, obviously we're we're not gonna pod, you know, we're not gonna run a video here for four hours and go through every pick in detail, and then at some point, uh, I don't know when it'll be. Maybe next week we have plans to do a superflex uh, mock draft. That will not be podcast uh, or YouTube. That will strictly be an article. So just keep your eyes out for that one on filmalytics.org. We might be doing um, another mock draft video for our patrons as well. So oh sure. Um, don't forget to sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com backslash filmalytics. You kind of mentioned it earlier, Matt. Um, debates 
keep an eye out for some uh, fun fantasy football debate videos coming your way. Otherwise, go check us out on all social media platforms at Filmalytics underscore, and we will see you next time. Thanks for being here with us. Yeah.